Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 16th edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 16th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2017-18 school year, which happens to be the first edition of the 2018 spring semester, we'll hear from Leisha Brooks. She's the outreach director for the Southern Poverty Law Center, and she delivered this year's keynote address at the college's Martin Luther King Jr. Convocation that was held Monday in the Cash Performance Hall of the college's Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. We'll also check in with Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. Dan will bring us up to speed on what's been happening in Fighting Scots athletics over the winter break. He'll also preview a very big Fighting Scots weekend coming up here on the Monmouth campus. And it might be the dead of winter, but we'll close out by visiting the Monmouth Educational Garden and Market Farm. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guest, a reminder about a few events taking place both on and near the Monmouth College campus. We'll talk later in the program about the big Saturday coming up here at the college. That's Saturday, January 20, when we'll have track and field swimming and men's and women's basketball. Monmouth College Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will join us later to fill us in about what promises to be a very big day on campus. In the meantime, don't forget that the weekly chapel service resumed its regular schedule beginning next Monday, January 22. Chapel services are held from 12.10 until 12.40 p.m. every Monday in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. Monmouth College Chaplain the Reverend Dr. Terry Ott and Assistant Chaplain Jessica Hawkinson offer what is always a great message to start your work week. And if you can't make it to Dahl Chapel and Auditorium, you can watch a live stream of chapel services over the college's YouTube channel. Just point your browser to youtube.com slash Monmouth College and click on the video tab. We'll also post a link to the live stream on the college's Facebook page as well as in the college's Twitter feed. And if you're in or around the Monmouth area, be sure to swing by the Buchanan Center for the Arts on the town public square to check out the exhibit With and Against the Grain. That's an exhibit currently on display at the Art Center that features pieces by former Monmouth professor Lawrence Weedman. In addition to enjoying a career as a distinguished geology professor, Professor Weedman is also a self-taught woodcarver, and several of his folk art-style pieces are on display at the Buchanan Center for the Arts. For more information about the exhibit, which also includes photography pieces by his daughter Clary Lise Weedman, check out the BCA website, and that address is bcaarts.org. <laughs> Monday, Monmouth College was among the thousands of communities across the country that celebrated the legacy of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. The Monmouth College community celebrated the Martin Luther King Jr. Day with a special convocation held in Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. 
and the keynote address was given by Leisha Brooks. She's the Outreach Director at the groundbreaking Southern Poverty Law Center. She also directs the Civil Rights Memorial Center, which is also in Montgomery, Alabama. In her keynote address, Lisa Brooks reminded the audience that while it has been nearly half a century since King's life was cut short by an assassin's bullet, much work remains to be done as our country works to become a more perfect nation for all of its people. She also emphasized Reverend King's emphasis on holding peaceful, nonviolent protests. We've, there's a lot going on in the world, as you know. There's been a, we've, we've just come off a, a terrible year of, of um, an uptick in, in hate and extremism, kind of an emboldenment of, if you will, from the far right. And so students want to prepare students to stand up against that, but to do it peacefully. And Leisha says that nonviolent actions are even more relevant than ever today, especially for college students. One, there's, there's the moral issue. Um, violence is repugnant whomever it comes from, right? And we should never stoop to that. What we're trying to do, and I know that Mammoth is also trying to do that, is build a, an inclusive, safe community for everyone. And so we don't, you, you, you don't mar things like that with, with violence. And nonviolent protest has been shown to be the only successful strategy to create kind of, you know, more just communities. Alicia says there has been an increase on U.S. college campuses and universities to recruit disaffected youth, which she says that organizations such as the Southern Poverty Law Center are closely monitoring. An emboldenment on, on the part of white nationalists, and they have targeted colleges across the country. Close to 400 college campuses have been hit by flyers by white nationalist organizations, notably um, Identity Europa and Vanguard America, um, but groups all over are just putting out these flyers and hoping to recruit young white male students. So we want to talk to them and remind them that they're a part of the larger community as well, and that when, when universities seek to create campuses that are diverse and inclusive, that they make sure that they include everyone. And Leisha says that everyone has the power to make a difference against hate groups by standing up to them when they come to their local communities. What people need to do, every community member needs to unequivocally, you know, um, denounce um, these white nationalists and white, white supremacists, whatever they're doing. We can't, we can't allow it to be normalized. We can't just like, oh, it means nothing. Oh, just ignore them. No, we saw what happened in Charlottesville, and this, this, this movement will grow if we don't all, each of us, take a loud stand against them. And that's how they encroach on communities. So you want to say, no, not, not, not in our town. Follow the example um, from Montana years ago. Not, don't allow that kind of hate to fester and grow in your own community. That's Leisha Brooks. She's the Outreach Director at the Southern Poverty Law Center. She also directs the Civil Rights Memorial Center, and they're both in Montgomery, Alabama. On Monday, she delivered the keynote address at Mama's Martin Luther King Jr. Day Convocation. To read more about the Southern Poverty Law Center and learn about its excellent work, check out its website, and that address is splcenter.org. You can read a story about Leisha Brooks' convocation address on the Monmouth College website. That address is, of course, monmouthcollege.edu. You're listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. This Saturday, January 20, will be a big day on campus for Monmouth College Athletics. 
Track and field has a meet that begins at 10.30 in the morning over in the Huff Athletic Center. It's senior day for the Fighting Scots swimming and diving teams as Knox College comes calling to the Pepper Auditorium for a 1 o'clock meet. And a men's and women's basketball doubleheader against Lake Forest College will tip off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Glenny Gymnasium. To learn more about that Saturday full of Fighting Scots fun, as well as catch up with what has happened over the Christmas break in Monmouth College Athletics, we're going to chat with the person behind the website, MonmouthScots.com, and that is Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. Dan says that over the Christmas break, the men's basketball team had a couple of good stories, and things are starting to come together for the Fighting Scots women's basketball team as well. And uh, men's basketball uh, finished that, that first third of the season 5-1 and one in the conference in, in great shape and then came back uh, right before classes started on Monday. And I got a huge win over St. Norbert on Saturday in overtime uh, and, and we're in second place in the Midwest Conference right now. So that was huge. Uh, also, Will Jones. Uh, went into the top five in all-time scoring for us. Uh, he's going to be climbing up uh, that list uh, this month. Uh, that's been huge for us. And uh, women's basketball making strides too. They're uh, they're finding uh, their their way, and and uh, it's been great to see Tia Robinson come back. Uh, Tia, after a, a season-ending injury before the season even started last year, is back, and and uh, so so glad Tia Robertson's doing doing so well. While much of the Midwest was suffering through sub-zero temperatures over the Christmas break, Dan says the Mammoth swimming and diving teams were in the Sunshine State, and track and field began the indoor portion of its season with several individual highlights. Swimming just got back from a Florida trip. Uh, they did a training trip uh, uh, in uh, the Sunshine State when we were in sub-zero weather up here. So we're kind of envious of that. Uh, they'll have a big meet coming up this Saturday. Uh, and then uh, track uh, got going uh, last Saturday. And, and we've already seen Dan Evers uh, hit 17 feet in the pole vault, which is something he flirted with last year and then uh, nailed it right out of the gate. Uh, we also had a, a record go down in the 1,000 meters. Uh, Joanna Podosik uh, did that. And then uh, Caitlin Allen, another one of our women's distance runners, uh, won the mile and finished third in the 3K, so uh, track is off to a great start. Dan says that Saturday's big three events on campus are a great antidote to cabin fever, starting with track and field, who will break in a new track. It really is. If you can't find something to watch Saturday, you're not trying. Uh, we've got track, our home opener, uh, at 10.30 on Saturday. It's a six-team meet, uh, so it should should go pretty quickly. Uh, but really, the, the great thing about this is our first meet on our brand-new surface in the Huff Athletic Center at the Niblock track. And uh, the uh, student-athletes have already told me it, it feels like a much faster track. Uh, it looks great, and uh, all of almost all the markings are inlaid, so they're going to last as long as the the track lasts, uh, but it'd be a great time to come and watch. Uh, you'll be watching from, from the mezzanine area, so you might want to bring a lawn chair with you to uh, to sit and watch that. But the throwing events start at 10:30. Running events, I believe, around 11:30 or noon. Dan says that Saturday's men's basketball game against Lake Forest is a good opportunity for the Fighting Scots to solidify a place in the postseason. As uh, the, the week uh, began, we are tied with Lake Forest for second in the Midwest Conference at 5-2, and two, uh, a game back of St. Norbert. Uh, so it's a, a chance for us this week to uh, gain some ground and push some teams behind us.
for the Monmouth women's basketball team this season. Dan says that a different player has come up big in just about every game. It's somebody new uh, every night. Uh, Becca Gallus uh, had a 10-for-10 10 10 free throw a night for us uh, last week against uh, Ripon. Uh, wound up with 20-plus uh, points in that. And, and uh, going into uh, Wednesday night's game, uh, she had hit 16 straight free throws. And uh, she's climbing up that list. 19 is the number two spot, uh, 19 straight. So uh, Becca could could do that. Uh, you know, our freshman uh, Carly Turnbull is uh, uh, figuring out how to how to uh, fit in with uh, with the program and, and is doing a great job. And and uh, you know we've got some seniors there. Carrie Dodson's been uh, providing some great leadership for us. And, and uh, really, just everybody's really uh, uh, coming around and and uh, finding their way and and uh, making improvements uh, game by game. Just need to keep that intensity level up from the, from the get-go and and they've uh, they've shown that you know late in the game they can uh, scrap and claw and, and they're they're right at the cusp just need to find that one basket or that one stop that'll get them over the edge that's Monmouth College Sports Information Director Dan Nolan catching us up on everything happening in Fighting Scots Athletics don't forget, as Monmouth College's winter sports head into the stretch run of their respective schedules, baseball, lacrosse, and softball will begin their practices soon. Lacrosse starts this week and baseball and softball at the end of the month. Certainly a reminder that spring is just around the corner. And of course, to keep up with the latest action in Monmouth College athletics, you can follow Fighting Scots on Twitter. That's at MC Fighting Scots course to keep up with all things fighting scots related on the world wide web be sure to check out the monmouth college athletics website your official source for all things fighting scots related that address monmouthscots.com this is a good point in the podcast to remind you of the multitude of ways in which you can follow monmouth college in the social media spectrum the college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth. The college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. And if you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat. And that's at This Is Monmouth. Also, don't forget about Monmouth's Spotify channel. Several great playlists are on there for your audio enjoyment. <music> You're listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm your host, Dwayne Bonifer, in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. The calendars might indicate that we're still in the middle of winter, but despite feeling like what can sometimes seem like a lifeless time of the year, a group of Monmouth students are busy planning for the season of renewal. Those are the students who work on the Monmouth College Educational Garden and Market Farm. One of those students is senior Bota Yergliva. She's a French political science and international studies major from Kazakhstan. Bota says she discovered Mama's two flora treasures by accident during her freshman year at the college. Um, one of the people um, in the international club came in and talked about her experience at the garden as an international student from Ghana, and it's something that I've never done, and Monmouth has this amazing ability to help people come out of their comfort zone and try new things because everybody knows each other and people come together from different majors and clubs and interests, so I decided, well, why not try something? Um, to this day, I am not that great at gardening because I kill all of my indoors plants, but somehow the garden... Um, you know, it, it has its momentum, so when you plant something there, things, things grow because they're so healthy and they're organic. 
Started in 2010, the Educational Garden is located right next to the college's Founders Village. The Market Farm is located on almost seven acres of land a few blocks east of the campus. And between the two places, students such as Bota raise fruits, vegetables, chickens, and bees, which are used to make honey. They sell their products at the local farmer's market as well as at a farm-to-table restaurants in the area. And although when she joined the program, she didn't have a background in agriculture, Bota says she was soon one of the five mama students who now stay at the college over summer to tend to both the garden and the farm and help get the products to market. It's a very relaxing place. I'm uh, very introverted. I'm a hermit. And I really like that at the farm and garden, you do not have to talk. So, you know, plants just listen to you, stay silent. And it's rewarding in a way that I never uh, never expected because you you work with something so close and you, you hold a life when you're holding the seeds, when you're planting something. It's quite empowering because um, as a gardener, you decide if um, you create the environment for something to grow or you create an environment for something to fail. And I think it's a beautiful analogy for everything we do in life. It's, it's the human power it's the choice that we make as humans to, you know, have something live or have something die. And um, it, it brings out the good in humans to work in the garden because it helps you realize that you can make a difference. Bodas says that working in food with other students has been a unique learning experience. Mm, I would say that the garden has, has brought me, has connected me to people that have become my dear friends and... In a way, in a way, it connected us only through food, and I think that's that's been one of the most amazing experiences is eating with people and cooking with people, and it's something that I wish everybody in this world can experience: the joy of cooking and eating with other people. And after she graduates from Monmouth in May, Boda says she plans to attend graduate school where she can use her fluency in several languages, but she says she won't totally give up gardening and farming. I want to be a terminologist at the United Nations or have my own localization firm that um, helps translators, interpreters, and terminologists to work with different firms and uh, be localization managers. Farm and garden is something that I want to do as a hobby. That's Mama Senior Bota Yergliva, who's one of the students who works on the college's educational garden and market farm. Keep an eye on Mama's social media platforms, which we'll use to promote when produce from both places is available. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll find out about a fascinating project that Monmouth College political science instructor Robin Johnson has been involved with. The Midwest Journal for Undergraduate Research recently received some big news, and we'll hear about that. And we'll also check in with the friendly folks over at the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. That's going to be a 30 for this 16th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Mm-hmm.